0: Yeah, a very good morning to you. Welcome to The Papers for Wednesday, the 20th of December 2023. Yes, we're into the 20s. It always feels a bit more like Christmas once you get into the 20s. So it is the 20th. I hope I find you well. It's a cold and wet morning here in Salford, but no ice, no ice, no ice. It hasn't frosted over. Let's look at the front pages. Pressure on Israel rises as Gaza death toll nears 20,000. Now, the United Nations Security Council was due to agree a draft resolution on a ceasefire and then vote on it. This was meant to happen yesterday, but it hasn't happened, seemingly because of a disagreement between the US government and the United Arab Emirates, a disagreement about the wording of the resolution. This is vaudeville. It's terrible. I will refrain from saying any more about it because I'm I'm guessing you're tired of of hearing me opining on it. It is genocide. Give it whatever moniker, give it whatever name you choose. Ethnic cleansing, crimes against humanity, barbarism. The world watches on and does nothing about it. 20,000, 10,000 children have been murdered by the Israeli government and its army. yeah. Also on the front page of The Guardian is a photograph of Mary Earps. Mary is the Manchester United women's team goalkeeper and is also England's goalkeeper, the England women. She's widely regarded as the best goalkeeper in the world. She won the BBC Sports Personality of the Year Award last evening. The ceremony took place within a 10-minute walk of BBG Towers. It took place at Media City in Salford. So that's The Guardian. Let's have a look at The Times. Also a striking photograph of Mary Earp. She's originally from Nottingham, I believe, is Mary. Second place, by the way, at the BBC Sports Personality of the Year Award went to the great Stuart Broad, somebody I'm very fond of, as I'm a big cricket fan and a big fan of the England Test cricket team. So Stuart was second and I think Katarina Johnson Thompson or Thompson Johnson I can't remember. I think she's um a heptathlete. She's the, hep, the hept yeah. She came third. Anyway, you you don't come here for the sport. Uh, the Times elderly will bear brunt of strikes at Christmas. So that's pretty straightforward. 3 days of junior strikes. Junior doctor strikes even began today. Um, there are more strikes scheduled for January. And the Times says that older people are going to struggle badly because of this, no doubt. Uh, the Daily Mail, Kemi, teaching children you can be born in the wrong body is harmful. So, this is uh, an article written in the Daily Mail by Kemi Badenoch. Okay. Uh, Badenoch is an equalities minister. Is she these days? They change. It's like musical chairs in government these days. But uh, Badenoch has written this article saying that um, the new trans guidance for schools will protect young people and give school staff some clarity about what it is that should happen when a child says, I was born in the wrong body, or I'm not actually a boy, I'm a girl, or would you please use these pronouns? So that is the front page of the Daily Mail. The Daily Mirror is a photograph of Esther Ranson and her daughter. On the front page, um the headline is, "My mum should not have to die alone at Dignitas okay um so this is about a BBC interview BBC Radio Four Esther Ranson spoke and said, "I've joined Dignitas. I might very well uh, go to Switzerland to end my life if cancer treatments fail, and the pain becomes a bit too much." problem is with with this is if somebody chooses to go to dignitas to end his or her own life anybody accompanying them on that final journey could be arrested when they return to the UK for being an accomplice okay so the daily telegraph us draws up plan for strikes on houthi's this is about bp's announcement that it was suspending um shipment of oil through uh, the Suez Canal because of attacks by uh, Houthi, Yemeni Houthis backed by Iran right? and that this was going to be problematic uh, we've seen already that oil prices have risen by a couple of percent uh, funnily enough the transportation companies the shipping companies have seen their own share price amazingly uh, go up so the this story is featured in many of the papers today Um, The US considering military strikes against Houthi sites in Yemen to protect international shipping and the Red Sea cargo route. The iPaper, MI6 security alert over flat owned by Russian neighbours. What's that about? Well, the iPaper says a penthouse overlooking the spy agency's London headquarters has prompted concerns. So where MI6 is based in London... It has been alleged that there is an apartment overlooking it, which is um, it's got Russians in it. And it might be spying on MI6. Yeah. At the Daily Express, PM's battle cry, we've got to move on from high taxes. That's the front page of the Express. We'll leave that there. And the Financial Times goes with a US... Business story, which is of no interest to us. The Metro Epstein Friends named on January the 1st. Now I came across this in uh, the mail yesterday, or at least on the mail online website. Very interesting. A report, the documents will be released on January the 1st, 2024. And dozens and dozens of people associated with Jeffrey Epstein will be named in these documents. So the Metro says the release of these papers is a ticking time bomb for the associates of the pedophile Jeffrey Epstein, who was found dead in a Manhattan holding cell, wasn't he? Yeah, in very mysterious circumstances. And finally... As far as the front pages go, The Sun, Andrew Grope Case Bombshell. The Sun is saying that Andrew, as in Prince Andrew, the brother of Charles, uh, faces fresh scrutiny over his Jeffrey Epstein links after a US judge ruled evidence from an accuser be made public. The paper says 40 documents relating to a woman who was previously accused the royal of groping her breasts at Epstein's New York mansion in 2021, will be published in early January. Uh, as usual, he denies any wrongdoing. And finally, the Daily Star, and finally, 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 Inbetweener J, my monkey terror. Uh, James Buckley of the Inbetweeners uh, was mugged by monkeys. Or he has a phobia of being mugged by monkeys. That's honestly the front page of the Daily Star. How an actor has a phobia and the phobia concerns being mugged by monkeys. Wonderful. Okay, let's leave it there for the front pages. And here's one that every broadcaster is leading with this morning. This inside the Daily Telegraph. Excuse me one moment. Yeah, I've just cleared my throat there. (coughs) Excuse me. So the broadcaster's leading with this. Donald Trump cannot run for president. state court rules. So Trump's supporters are apoplectic. Colorado's highest court has ruled Trump is disqualified from holding office and it removed him from the state's 2024 ballot due to his incitement of the January 6th insurrection. It is the first time a state court has found the Republican frontrunner should be barred from the ballot, because of a U.S. constitutional provision disqualifying people from federal office if they have engaged in insurrection. The decision from the Colorado Supreme Court, whose justices were all appointed by democratic governors, also marks the first time in history that this particular clause of the 14th Amendment has been used to disqualify a presidential candidate. It's likely to set up a showdown in the U.S. Supreme Court, which will have to decide whether Trump can remain in the race. His campaign says it'll appeal the ruling, which went 4-3. There are seven justices. The Colorado Supreme Court, there are also, no, there are nine justices in the Supreme Court of the United States. Isn't that right? It is. I think it's nine. That's right. Seven on the Colorado Supreme Court. So they say he can't run, but the US Supreme Court might say otherwise. Needless to say, as I said already, this is manna from heaven for cultural warriors. You know, the, the identity politics. This is wonderful. Trump supporters even more convinced than ever before that the deep state is trying to take down Donald because he represents such a great threat to the Great Reset Agenda. Of course he doesn't. He is the Great Reset Agenda, as is every other politician on planet Earth, or most of them. And yet they can't see it. What did he do? when he served uh, his first term as US President, all he did was advance the agenda. But you can't speak to them. I've been banging on since 2016, since 2014 really, since when he announced his his candidacy. I tried to tell people what he was, who he was, what he wouldn't do didn't matter, they didn't listen. Not just to me, they didn't listen to anybody else either. Let's have a look at The Guardian. Immigration, identity politics. France passes controversial immigration bill amid deep division in Macron's party. What's this all about? Well, the French government is facing a political crisis, according to The Guardian, after the health minister Aurelien Rousseau Aurelien Rousseau, that's right, offered his resignation in protest over a hard-line immigration bill the guardian says macron's ruling centrist party is divided and is soul-searching today after a strict new immigration law was approved by Parliament, but contained so many hardline measures that the far-right Marine Le Pen claimed it as an ideological victory for her own anti-immigration platform. There's that term again, far-right. So Macron... Uh, had passed, or it has been passed, a controversial immigration law. It has split his own party, but the so-called far-right is absolutely delighted. Aurelien Rousseau, the health minister, resigned and the prime minister, Elizabeth Bourne, didn't say, did not say, whether she would accept the new law or not. So what's in this new law? What's in it that's making it so divisive and has appeased or has what 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 about it has received such approval has meant that it has been welcomed so so openly by the by by the anti immigrant or anti immigration parties like Marine Le Pen's. Well, it um, it reduces access to welfare benefits for foreigners. It makes it more difficult for foreign students to come and study in France. It introduces, for the first time, immigration quotas or migration quotas. It makes it very difficult for the children of non-nationals born in France to become French. And it also means that dual nationals sentenced for serious crimes against the police could lose French citizenship. So it's torn apart the centrist government, but the so-called far-right parties are delighted. That's in The Guardian, and it's also featuring in some of the other newspapers today as well. Here's an interesting one in The Times. It's not political, but it is interesting. It's a cautionary tale. Have you got a lot of old tat in your garage? Have you got a lot of old tat in your attic? Well, be very careful before you sell it to anybody. Negligent couple sold mask worth 4.2 million euros for only €150. Jesus, ouch! A retired couple has lost a court battle to reclaim ownership of an African mask they sold for €150 to a second-hand goods dealer who resold it six months later for €4.2 million. The couple are in their 80s. They claimed the dealer knowingly paid them only a tiny fraction of the true value of the 19th century carved wooden mask. However, a court in Allais in southern France ruled yesterday that he had bought it in good faith and the court rejected the couple's petition to have the transaction annulled again. Ouch! The court said the couple should have had the mask valued by an expert before agreeing to sell it. Their negligence and their casualness show the inexcusable nature of their request, the judgment said. Well, that's pretty cut and dry by the judge, isn't it? Inexcusable request. You're a bunch of idiots. You're a pair of muppets. Why didn't you have it valued yourselves, said the court. It also ruled, the court ruled, there was no proof the dealer had prior knowledge of the singular value of the mask. His lawyer contended that he had no specific knowledge of African art. I, I, You're not going to believe me. You're going to say, ah, Richie. Sure, you're only a virtue signaller, Richie. But I tell you this, and I swear it on the life of my beloved, my better half. If I was to come by something in a, you know, in a, let's say a job lot, a job lot. So I do an attic clearance or I give somebody a couple of hundred quid for a big, I don't know, a big chest full of knickknacks and what, what have you. If I was to discover that within that, there was something of such value, where you're talking millions of euro, I would compensate the person who owned it originally. Of course I would. What would be the monetary? I don't know. But I'm going to say it, whether you believe it or not. 4.2, I think I'd give them a million euro, I think. And I'd be left then, after commission, I suppose, I'd be left with 3.2 million euro. I'd give him a million. I'd give him a million. I could swear on that. I would give him a million and say, listen, I didn't know what this was worth. You obviously didn't either. You sold me this big pile of tat. I found that something in there is worth a few million quid. Listen, I'm giving you a million. I I don't know. I think because it, it would come back to you. In your later life, the karma would come back to you, pay it forward. It would come back to you, the decency, I think. As a Daily Mail, bit of a tech story, science. New AI calculator can predict when you will die and how much money you will earn with 78% accuracy. So scientists have developed an algorithm that uses the story of your life to predict how you will live how you will die, and more importantly, when it is likely you will die. So according to a new study, the model, which is called Life 2 VEC, Life, the number 2, VEC, V-E-C, is accurate about 78% of the time, which puts it on par with other algorithms designed to predict similar life outcomes. But unlike other models, it works like a chatbot, using existing details to predict what comes next. It was built by scientists in Denmark, collaborating with scientists from the United States. They trained a machine learning algorithm on a massive pool of Danish data, feeding it all sorts of information on over 6 million real people, including income, profession, place of residence, injuries, medical history, pregnancy history and all of this. The end result was a model that can process plain language and generate predictions about a person's likelihood of dying early or their income over the lifespan. How interesting. I have a feeling... And I'm not Nostradamus, don't get excited, but I think we're going to spend a lot of time in the next couple of years talking about advances in artificial intelligence, right? Uh, This research, by the way, appeared in Nature Computational Science. Nature Computational Science. Yes. Let's look back into the Telegraph then. UK cities risk becoming like drug-ravaged San Francisco, warns policing chief. London and other UK cities risk becoming, like drug ravaged San Francisco, because of a surge in super-strength synthetic opioids, according to one of Britain's most senior policing figures. This is Donna Jones. She chairs the Association of Police and Crime Commissioners. And she said the epidemic of drug overdoses in the California city gives a stark warning of what the UK might face as a result of global changes in the illegal drug market. The Telegraph um, also posted on its website around this article some horrifying photographs of addicts walking around like zombies on the streets of San Francisco. The Telegraph says in a recent incident, an addict lay in the street for minutes before anybody realised the chap was overdosing. So could it happen here? Well, Donna Jones says it's inevitable that it will happen here and um, because of a 90% fall in heroin from Afghanistan, after the Taliban banned poppy farming in April last year. So there is a vacuum. Okay, it dries up the heroin supply down to Africa and up through Europe, says this woman Donna Jones. And that means the Chinese synthetic opioid market is about to explode. It's happening in America, and heroin addicts in America are dying in their plenty because of synthetic opioids like fentanyl. And these are 50 times stronger than street hero- heroin. It is tragic. And The Telegraph concludes this article with deaths registered from drug poisoning in England and Wales are already at their highest level since records began 30 years ago, according to figures on Tuesday from the Office for National Statistics. Opiates accounted, or Opiates accounted for just under half of the 4,907 drug-linked deaths last year. It's an interesting story. Yes, those photographs and videos from San Francisco are terribly depressing, aren't they? Awful. I do remember a few years ago, uh, there was a phenomenon here in the UK around spice, something called spice, which is a powder that um, addicts would inhale and it would completely freeze their bodies. So you you would see, and I I did personally witness this in Manchester City Centre in Market Street, a person standing rigidly in place, not moving, staring into space or with their chin on their chest looking at the ground, completely frozen, having ingested some of this toxic crap spice. Remember that? We saw that in some big cities here in the UK. Into the mirror then at the Daily Mirror, primary school apologises after supply teacher tells children that Santa isn't real. What's going on? Families of pupils were left fuming when a supply teacher told their children the truth about Father Christmas. The pupils, who are aged 10 and 11, were making festive cards in class before breaking up for the Holliers when they were told there was no such thing as jolly old Saint Nick. The revelation upset several of the pupils who went home and demanded their mums and dads tell them the truth of where the presents under the tree come from every year. Hillview Primary School in Bournemouth, Dorset, emailed a letter to parents to profusely apologise for the upset caused. The school said were deeply disappointed by the actions of the teacher in question and confirmed she had been added to the naughty list and would not be returning. Well, that's a bit unfair, isn't it? As the letter read, We are aware this afternoon whilst making Christmas cards, a supply teacher told, The year Six Children Father Christmas isn't real. We apologise for any upset this may have caused, and we will be contacting the supply agency about this. Please accept our sincere apologies, and thank you for your understanding. We all know that Father Christmas is real, and it doesn't matter if some meanie, some old meanie of a teacher, says he is, not he is real. And he'll be coming down the chimney here at BBG Towers in five days' time. I sent a letter. Sent a letter up the chimney like you're supposed to do um, about six weeks ago with, with my desired present list on there. And I'm hoping it reached the North Pole and I'm hoping that Santa is agreeable to some of my requests. They're fairly simple, really. I've asked for a few pairs of underpants and a few pairs of socks and... Uh, yeah... There you are. What else is there to tell you about this morning? So that's the best of the papers. Uh, We'll have a quick look at the uh, BBC News website and see what the BBC is reporting. Well, it's gone big on the Donald Trump being disqualified from the Colorado ballot. It's gone very big on that, that story. You'll hear quite a bit about that today. It's also gone big on the Epstein Associates naming. US judge orders names of more than 170 Jeffrey Epstein associates to be released. The BBC has gone big on this. Uh, Andrew will be among the names, but we know all about Andrew's association with... What's-his-face with Epstein in any case, don't we? But the BBC is all over that. Quite a bit of coverage of the sports personality of the year. Also, by-election triggered as MP Peter Boone loses his seat. Peter Boone is a crusty old Conservative Party backbench MP. He's been the MP for um, Wellingborough in Northampton. Wellingborough in Northamptonshire. He's been MP since 2005, but he has been suspended as an MP over bullying and sexual misconduct claims. But his constituents are removing him in a recall petition, meaning there will be a by-election held next year before any general election you would imagine there. So that's pretty much the BBC a website, nothing else really to tell you about. Okay. Here's an interesting one. The boy aiming to break a running world record when he's 62. A super fit Scottish schoolboy is working to break a world record for running, but he will be in his 60s before he achieves the ambition. When 11-year-old Seb Jelema learned that runner Ron Hill ran every single day for 52 years and 39 days, he decided he wanted to beat it. So since January, he's been running at least three kilometres every day, even on school trips, a ski holiday, and in the sweltering heat in France. Fantastic. Mr Hill, who died in 2021, ran at least a mile a day from 20th of December 1964 until the 31st of January 2017, ending his streak aged 78. So the kid will have to run every day until early 2075 to beat Mr Hill. The kid will then be 62. Lovely, yeah. That's a kind of a silly season story. You might very well call it a silly season story. that's it for the papers this Wednesday, December 20th, 2023. I am, of course, Richie Allen. Join me at four o'clock today for the Richie Allen Show. Ben Gilroy will be one of my guests today. I'm looking forward to catching up with Ben again. So enjoy your Wednesday. Have a good old day. Look after yourselves and do join me at four for the live show. I look forward to your company then. Arrivederci.